Hey everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 81 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu Show. So, most of you, I think, I hope, maybe, uh, you, you know that a lot of the episodes that I get um, or a lot of the content that I put out on YouTube, put out on Instagram, put out on everything, most of it actually comes from listeners, comes from uh, whether they're my students, whether they are uh, people I've never met before. But uh, uh, today's episode is no different. You know, it comes from uh, a listener, a student, uh, one of my brown belts actually. And uh, I will, you know, I'll get into that in a second. But if you guys don't know, you can always ask me anything on uh, my Instagram at the Josh McKinney or uh, through email josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. And the reason I say that is because, like I said, it's where I get a lot of my content ideas. And a lot of times people struggle with the same exact things. You know, there are a lot of white belts out there. You ask a question that you are struggling with as a white belt, I guarantee you 10, 20, 30% of white belts are struggling with the exact same thing. And so if you can kind of help out your fellow man by doing that, uh, by asking the right questions. And so I think that's something uh, that you guys should keep in mind. If you ever have a question, just send it to me. So it will probably take, I've actually been, um, I've actually been responsible for the first time in my life. And I have been able to plan out content uh, probably pretty much a month in advance is kind of how I've been doing it. And that is keeping me from pulling my hair out and getting stressed. So, uh, you know, you probably won't ever get an answer like on an episode or something like that for at least a month. But uh, if it is a good question, I'm always happy to, uh, to, to go through it and, and to break it down just like I'm going to do in just a second. So uh, my student Logan was asking me uh, kind of, I think he's he just kind of asking my opinion on, uh, on yelling as a coach. And this wasn't like he was yelling at his students and was like, oh man, should I be doing this? Um, basically one of his, uh, one of his daughters just was dealing with a coach that she really enjoyed and then um, got really harsh one time and it put a bad taste in her mouth for the sport that she was in. And so um, I think that, you know, this is a perfect avenue to kind of talk about the method of teaching that is still too popular today and the method of coaching, breaking down the difference between a teacher and a coach. And that's something that uh, is actually an episode that I've had planned for a while. And so that's where we're going to start at. And then we're going to start to dig in to, uh, to how to coach and things like that. And, and so even if you are just a student, even if you say, well, I don't, I don't get any say on how I'm coached. I think it is good to have an idea in your mind at what makes a good coach uh, because we're being taught constantly, or what makes a good teacher, sorry. We're being taught constantly in jiu-jitsu, whether it's by another blue belt or it's by somebody, you know, just somebody the same belt as us all the time. Uh, we're getting, we're talking back and forth and we are being taught 
Uh, and so it's very important to know what, what is good to listen to, what makes a good teacher, what makes a good coach. And so first I wanna explain the difference between a good teacher and a good coach. I think it's normal that people are better at one or the other. Uh, I think, you know, I do think you can sharpen both skills just by understanding that they are two different things. So a teacher is exactly what you would expect it to be. It is somebody who teaches. It's somebody who, uh, who shows something. Uh, so when I am teaching a move at the gym, when I am showing everybody how to knee cut, I am being a teacher. That is my current role when I am uh, doing that. Now, when I go over to one of my students who is struggling with this knee cut and I say, hey, you're, you're really struggling with this. I want you to focus on this for the next six weeks. That's what I think you need to focus on. That needs to be part of your game. That is a coach. A coach convinces people to execute uh, and hopefully convinces people to execute with reason. And so I think that it's really important to understand that there is a difference. Some people are amazing teachers and horrible coaches. They're not great at getting people to execute, uh, whether they just aren't a, a great communicator to people. Maybe people don't trust them uh, as a coach. Uh, and, uh, but I think the biggest reason is, you know, when we're gonna start to talk about the whole situation of yelling at your students or yelling at someone you're coaching. Um, when we start to talk about that, I'll explain why, uh, why it tends to be a negative. And so, uh, but the big thing is you want to be good at both if you ever plan on running a gym. Uh, if you are not good at one of the two, I think it is really important to try to surround yourself with people that strengthen your weaknesses. What I struggle with as a business owner is I am, I am the, I am a, what you would call a big picture person. I have the idea that I want to start a podcast and I am going to put everything into it. I'm going to work super hard on this podcast. Now, if somebody says, Hey, you know, next week, what are you, uh, what are you going to uh, be covering on your podcast? That's where I struggle. And so finding people to surround myself with that are good at those details and, and not just being broad and not just being uh, artistic and being a little more uh, uh, meticulous. Like I would say this, I would say that I don't know anyone better at that than my coach. My coach is so good at, he's got a spreadsheet for everything. He knows when I got every stripe on my belt. I started training 13 years ago and he was, he was an MMA fighter at that time. You know, it's not like he was a full-time jujitsu coach, but he's able to be that meticulous. I don't know when I got my black belt. I don't know when any of my students got promoted less. I have it. Luckily I have found the right system that can run that for me and, and can keep those numbers for me. But uh, you find things that complement you. So maybe you're a great teacher, but you struggle to motivate and you feel like, man, I'm just not a good coach. Then you try to bring on someone. If you ever decide you're going to open a gym or uh, even if not, even if you just find that you try to surround yourself with people that can strengthen your opposite because you can learn from them so much. 
you can say, oh, that's all they're doing. That's simple. And I think that's really important. Uh, but first we'll dig into what is a good teacher and then we'll get into what is a good coach. Uh, in my opinion, a good teacher is somebody that makes you make sure you know why. Uh, because you don't just want to teach somebody one thing. I talk about this all the time. You do not just want to show, I don't want you to just know everything that I've taught you. Meaning like, I don't want you each position, each time we work, when I teach at the, at the gym, um, I always try to show like each class is going to be similar for me, how I, how I run them. But I show three moves and one concept that applies to all three moves. The reason I do that is because it teaches people that concept. It really gets the concept across. If I only show two moves that apply to the concept, it's like the rule of three, right? Uh, if I only show two moves, I, it tends to uh, it tends to just kind of drown out the concept because when you have something, when you have a third dimension, it's just like if you were uh, you know, if we're in person and you could only see in height and width, that third that third dimension of depth, being able to do that opens up in a whole new world. I really found that when it comes to teaching. If I do, if I show three moves that all show the same concept, it really does give way more depth to what I am teaching. So um, that is kind of my uh, my big thought that teachers struggle with. I see so many teachers that just teach one thing. And that's what they're trying to show. I am just trying to show some very specific situation. And, uh, and this is how you pass the guard, right? You grab both pant legs, you move this way, you move that way. That's how you pass the guard. Um, but when you can explain something and you can say, hey, this applies to almost every guard pass and you can give them a rule that applies, it makes it much easier for them to learn on their own. I love the idea of, teaching just specifics. I think that that does not work very well though until guys start to get better. If you just teach really individualized movements um, like for specific situations, then people are having to remember stuff. Someone like me, I would probably do well in a, an environment like that because I can remember things very well. Um, but most people can't. And so when you do that, when you put somebody in that situation and they get discouraged and then they quit. And so that is what I think your job is as a teacher is being able to explain why enough that people can eventually create their own answers. Okay. So that is a teacher, a coach. And this is a coach. I find a little more abstract. A coach has to, has to see more than anyone else. Um, and what I mean by that is I, you know, if I have, 40 students on the map and I look and they're all trying a move and I just say, yep, everybody is doing good. And I don't look at each group individually. And I say, oh man, these people are really struggling with that. Then as a coach, I can say, hey, you guys need to work this, tweak this more, right? When my students ask me questions, a lot of times I try to answer as a coach and less as a teacher. Uh, and the reason that I do this is because they can find so much online now with jujitsu. It's so easy to find technique. Um, you know, obviously not all the technique online is amazing, but 
it's still easy to find technique, but then learning to apply it. And so that's what I kind of found my role to be at the gym that, that is more important. I feel like I'm pretty good at communicating and pretty good at teaching, but motivating my students to do, I find very important. And this, this has a lot of different applications. Um, and I'll just give some more four instances. I'll give you guys three, four instances of being a coach. And so you can get those three dimensions of what I mean. So one of the situations that will happen is um, I will have a student I actually had somebody that is a white belt that I feel like skill level is a blue belt. But as a coach, as a teacher, I say skill wise, they're a blue belt. As a coach, I say this guy wants to compete and he has never gotten to. I almost think I would be doing him a disservice to not ever compete as a white belt, to not ever get that experience. Uh, you don't have to compete as a white belt if you want to be, if you want to compete, but I think that it's very important uh, to have that opportunity. The reason I say that is because you just, you go into these tournaments and you get to, uh, you get to experience uh, what it's like to compete and then there's a lot of fear that goes into, okay, my first tournament is going to be blue belt. I think that that's something that scares a lot of people. So um, that would be like my first, for instance, of what coaching is, uh, what, what it is to, to convince somebody to do, right? I'm doing that for a reason. I'm not teaching him to compete, but I am saying, hey, I think you should compete before you get your blue belt. And, uh, you know, I think it will be really helpful for you in the long run. That's a coach. Okay. Then uh, another situation, and I think I run into this a lot more than anything. is sometimes you have to kind of sell your students on something. And so uh, what I mean by that is specifically, let's say I have a student that has gained weight and, uh, and I'm gonna use it for uh, competition, but you know, honestly, you could just use this for training at the gym. But uh, I, I notice that they're slower. They are not able to do jujitsu as well. Um, you know, when you gain, sometimes when you gain 20, 30 pounds, especially just all of body fat, you don't move as well. And it's harder for you to learn because you're not able to train as much. Your cardio isn't as good. So you're getting less rounds in. And so how do I sell that to a student that, hey, you should lose weight and then not feel targeted and then not feel offended by that? Uh, and so that is what I mean when I say like sometimes a coach has to sell. And so what I'll do to, with one of my students is I will go in and I will. So basically, sorry, I think I think I said the first one. A coach first has to see everything, right? Has to notice things, has to notice the thing about their belt. The next thing a coach has to do is sell. OK, so uh, I will sell maybe my student on, hey, how, how have you been feeling lately? And they're going to say. I'm getting tired. And I can say, I mean, it depends on the relationship that I have with this person. Some of my students, I can say, Hey, dude, you're fat. You need to lose some weight. And they'll say, Oh, I know. And they'll say, well, what steps are you going to take 
to lose weight, right? That was not just ending it right there. You need to lose weight. That's targeted. What steps are you going to take at to lose weight is so much more helpful. It's so much more inspiring as a student. And so then you say, okay, well, I, I need to do this. Sometimes, um, you know, I had uh, two students compete at American nationals and they, uh, they wanted to do, what is, I think it's light feather, 141 pounds. They wanted to do light feather. And I said, hey guys, I don't know if you should do light feather. You guys are a little too big for that division. And they didn't listen to me. And all I went to, all I did was I said, okay, maybe I'm wrong. Let's see how they do. And they both did amazing, but they both gassed after a few matches because they just hadn't eaten in so long. And so then they said, oh, okay, well, I think we're going to do 154 next time. We're going to focus on that. And so uh, I think doing that as a coach, I would say I didn't say I told them so, but I guess I just did because I just talked about it on the podcast. Sorry, guys. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you, you have to sell that to your students. Sometimes you can't. And so you have to let them learn their lesson. Uh, but uh, another example of selling something to a student would be, I have a student that's getting injured a lot. And so I have to sit him down and talk to him about, hey, I notice you're getting injured a lot. I think, or, or maybe not even I think, do you think that you're rolling too hard, that you're exploding too much, um, that you are doing anything that can cause injury? And a lot of times they realize, oh yeah, that is what I'm doing. Uh, and so just by selling them that, hey, roll a little lighter. Um, you don't have, you don't roll like without any energy. Um, but you know, I talked about the 70% rule on the podcast, roll at 70%. Your injuries will go way down. If your injuries go down, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get to train more. You get to train more. You're going to get better. You get better. The easier it is to roll at 70% all the time. Cause you're just using technique and you're crushing people. And so uh, being able to sell that is the, like the second dimension of a coach, the third dimension of a coach. And this is, in my opinion, by far the most important. This is something that matters. Um, this is like the aspect of being a coach that you have to have, even if you don't feel like you're a good motivator, even if you don't feel like you're a good coach, but you're a good teacher, you have to have this aspect in order to be a good coach, uh, in order to be a good teacher too. You have to be trustable. And I think that there is a level of people in jujitsu that take advantage of so many people because they're black belt, because they're high level, because they think in their mind that them being good at jujitsu makes them important. And they take advantage of people and they lose the trust of the people that they are supposed to be teaching, that they're supposed to be helping, that they're supposed to be protecting. They lose that trust and they generally never get it back. Um, very seldom do they ever get it back. One, because they usually, they act like it's not their fault. But this is where we get into what my student Logan was asking. He said that his daughter uh, kind of got berated by a coach and now she doesn't want to play the sport anymore. And I totally agree with her. If I can't trust my leader to 
have my back, how am I supposed to, how am I supposed to perform? A lot of people talk about it like that is something that you should be taking. Oh, you should be able to get yelled at. You should be able to get, no, it's not. If you can't communicate to me what needs to be done and be respectful to me in a tone, I don't think you deserve to, to coach me. I don't think that you deserve my respect. I don't think that you deserve my trust. Kyle, my coach, has always been one of the best, I would say, one of the best coaches ever. He would never do anything that made me not trust him. I always look back to the things that he went out of his way to do. Um, you know, as a teacher, he's a great teacher. But as a coach, that is where I feel like he was a 10 out of 10. He always took care of me. I never, ever had to question what is Kyle's motivation by this? Kyle's motivation was always, how can I help my students get better? It still is. And uh, I think when you do things as a coach, like uh, berate a student for losing, right? You can be hard on students. Uh, I think, and I think some people, uh, like they respect that a little more. Um, but you don't want to be mean to a student for the sake of you embarrass me for losing. So now I will embarrass you by yelling at you. That is where you start to lose trust. That is where you start to lose the respect of your students. I need my students to trust me fully. So when I'm teaching a move that they believe, Josh wouldn't teach this move if it didn't work. Josh wouldn't just show up to class and say, huh, what do I want to teach today? I'll just show this, right? I need them to trust me that I would not do that. And when I do things that break that trust, when I show less character to my students, it says, hey, if they treat somebody else like that, wonder if they would treat me like that too. And so uh, that is like, I think the most important thing when it comes to coaching. Um, if anyone wants to be a coach in jujitsu, that is, I think, the big thing that you should focus on is being trustable. And how you do that is by actually having your students' best interest in mind, focusing on helping them in every way that you can. Um, I think too, uh, and keep in mind, this is not me trying to brag on myself. This is something that I just learned through osmosis by having an amazing coach. And then I'm, I think, you know, cause we, at the time, you know, all the black belts that I have, have, were all under my coach at some point or another, all of them kind of ran into the same exact thought process, the same exact thing, which was having a good coach. And so that's something that I noticed. We have so many trustable coaches at our school and our retention rate at this school is insane. Uh, it, it is like two or three times more than anyone else I've ever talked to um, that talk about student retention. And uh, I really think that that has to do with trust. 
Um, and so from a business standpoint, you will have more business if you can get your students to trust you. And also um, just from the standpoint of coaching and stuff, it just like the big pitfall that I see, so many people struggle with this, is they get, they, they just think that they're relevant. I, I recognize that even though I, uh, I teach jujitsu and I feel like I'm good at teaching jujitsu and I feel like it's what I was put on the planet to do, I understand that there are better coaches out there. There are better teachers out there. There are people that are going to try to tell me, oh, you're so good. You're amazing. But they're wrong. I understand that. And you can never forget that because that is when you see coaches and I won't say things specifically, but I think a lot of people that have been around jujitsu for long enough know what I'm talking about. Coaches that betray the trust of their students because they think that they are more important. They think that rules don't apply to them. And uh, I really think that that is just, that is something that is very it's something to really watch. And it's easy. It's easy. Every time somebody comments on, uh, sends me a comments on YouTube or Instagram, it says, oh my gosh, this was so good. You know, you get that in your head and you're like, I'm amazing. I, yeah, I forgot. You know what I should do? I should go, you know, the rules no longer apply to me because I am better. And uh, I just think it's really, really dangerous. It's a really dangerous thing to do. And so make sure that you value being trusted by your students above being better at jujitsu, above uh, being a better teacher, above anything. Make sure you have the trust of your students. Make sure your students can trust you. Make sure your students can trust the people that you promote. Uh, and so that is that is me on my high horse today. Uh, that is the um, the rant that I, I got, I didn't plan on, I planned on just kind of ending the trust thing, that not going so long, but sorry, it just kind of, it got away from me for a second. Uh, but that's what I have for you guys today. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, as always, if you guys have any questions, at the Josh McKinney on Instagram, Josh McKinney on Facebook, and I should change to Josh McKinney BJJ so it's easier to find. I wonder how many Josh McKinney's there are out there. I don't know. But anyway, and Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com through email. If you guys don't subscribe to the email list, uh, you absolutely should. You can go to my Instagram. There's a link in my bio. And I send out, I, I've really been sending out less emails, like probably three a week. I used to send them out like every day. It, but I feel like uh, I can think a lot more through content when I'm not just thinking about, I need to get an email out. I need to get an email out uh, just for the sake of doing it. And so that's kind of what I've been trying to focus on because hopefully that's helpful for you guys too. Uh, that's all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys have an excellent rest of your day. I hope you guys are trusted by your students. I hope you guys uh, have uh, the blessing of having a coach that you can trust. And I hope that today's episode helped you suck just a little bit less at Jujutsu.